Hello and welcome to Chat to Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, we speak with Rachel Conroy, Corporate Partnerships Manager at Movember. We talk about Movember, the campaign, the fundraising campaign, and how long that's been going, the secrets of that success. We also talk about Movember, the organisation, and the work that they're doing to help men all around the world with a variety of different issues. And uh, I was aware of Movember going into this interview, but I wasn't aware of the, uh, the complexity and the diverse nature of the work that they're doing, which is very fascinating stuff. So uh, do have a listen. Without further ado, here is Rachel Conroy speaking to me about Movember. I'm here with Rachel Conroy, Corporate Partnerships Manager at Movember. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Sam. Nice to be here. Nice, nice to meet you. And we're here in a, in a relatively noisy pub, uh, kind of trendy bar in, we're in Clerkenwell, right? Yeah, 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 excellent market. I know a little bit about Movember, but for the benefit of our listeners who are around the world, could you explain what Movember is and what you do? November? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, November, we're the biggest world's men's health charity. And the reason that we exist is because globally, um, men die on average six years younger than women. Um, we believe that this is actually for preventable reasons. And we've highlighted three cause areas that are causing this early premature death in men. And that's prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and also mental health and suicide prevention in men. So um, we fund we fundraise all over the world, and all of our money goes into um, both global and local pots, which help to solve each of these cause areas so within the testicular cancer and prostate cancer there's a lot of biomedical research that goes on as well as funding programs into aftercare for the men and that may have got great care on their local NHS or their other health provider but their aftercare isn't there and the kind of psychological impact that having a cancer such as prostate cancer and testicular cancer can have on a man um, and then on the mental health side so we um, we fund a lot of programs around awareness raising getting men to talk more and just open up so we're at that kind of upstream level of really opening up those conversations at the start and getting men to talk more and be more open um, and funding projects that reflect this as well so the, the growing of uh, moustaches is that how you say moustache well, we, call it, we call it a mo. A mo. I guess it's easier for me to say as well. Moustache. Moustache. The process of growing a mo. This is the kind of fundraising mechanism for Movember. Is that right? Yeah, so that's, our, that's our, definitely our core fundraising ask. And because we, um, we were actually found in Melbourne um, by a group of mates who they weren't even looking to set up a charity. They were talking about fashions and what wasn't fashionable for men anymore. And they said, what? happened to the the mo because they're aussies they abbreviate everything they're like what happened to the mo and um and they decided for a month to grow moustaches and it cultivated such amazing conversations and people asking what they were doing that the following year they did it again this time they had more people involved they raised money along the way and they looked at what the biggest um 
area um, affecting men in Australia and at the time it was prostate cancer so they gave a big check um, over to Prostate Cancer Australia, the biggest check that they've ever received today. Yeah. And then, um, no pun intended, from there it's just grown and grown as a charity and now we're in um, 20, 21 countries across the world as well. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and it's, is it based here now in the UK or is it it's just from many offices? Uh, so our head office is in Melbourne, in okay. Australia. And then um, we have an office here in London, right, right around the corner from where we are now. Um, and that serves um, all of our European function as well, apart from Ireland, but they're in, they're in their own Dublin office. So we, we run the UK campaign here, but um, also I have colleagues that work um, in France, Germany, Switzerland, Spain, and another number, a number of other European countries as well, but they're all based here in the London office. Wow, yeah. okay, so it's really great. And this, yeah. was, this is over just a few, years is it? Yeah so total the, this will be it's 16 years now starting 16 2003. Years. So, yeah. What a success story. Yeah it's amazing. How long have you been at Movember and uh, what have you learned in the time you've been there about fundraising and the growing of most. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I've been there um, for just coming up to a year now. Yeah. Um, I started just before the campaign last year, which was a bit of a baptism of fire. And right. uh, in my role as corporate partnership manager, I was just handed some accounts and told to look after them for the month of um, November, try and grow them if I could from yeah. where they, if they were um, returning accounts from last year. Um, but I'd say the main thing I've learned in my time in November is actually I've I've worked at a lot of charities, um, predominantly in corporate or events fundraising, has yeah. been where my specialities apply. Um, but November's quite different in that, well, one, there's a lot more men in the office, which I haven't been used to a lot of fundraising teams in the past. Yeah, what's the ratio <laughs> in that office then, so men to women? In the office at the moment, it's about 50-50. Um, but then in my, in my kind of sub-team of corporate partnerships, there's six of us. Yeah. Um, Four of which are men, which I don't think I've ever had in an organisation in a team that I've worked in my whole professional career, where I've had more men than women. So that's different. I think it in it it just kind of creates a different kind of culture and atmosphere and a way of sharing ideas. But I also think one of the things I've learned at November is um, because the because of the way it started as a charity, very grassroots, a lot of the people who were involved originally, who are still around today, don't have that charity background. And it's in the last few years that there has been a kind of considerate effort to bring more experts in from the sector, which has kind of brought more women in because naturally, particularly in fundraising, it's, it's predominantly women in the sector. Um, but it does mean that you get people a lot we have a lot of people from kind of marketing and advertising agency backgrounds and I've learned a lot more about that side of things and how you can work together to create a good from my side corporate partnership and, sure. and what that means too um, and so at November we have two types of ways that we work with companies uh, one is um, what we call more of our, our commercial partnerships um, so that is companies who pay a fee to us um, to license the brand and then they use that not just to raise money for good but to benefit their own um, KPIs particularly in marketing and sales um, for that quarter around November um, so I um, am responsible for L'Oreal, the Gym Group and Yo who are all um, corporate partners of ours um, but then we also work with um, other companies on a more employee engagement level and we have 
uh, a product which we call the Movember Business Club and it's, uh, it's centred around the idea of engaging and having a, a competitive nature in terms of you compete against your colleagues but you also compete against other companies taking part and um, I think at Movember as well as it's a charity that has a lot of male fundraisers as well most of our fundraisers are male and we find that particularly in the workplace that competitive element really helps and really drives the fundraising too. Is it that all of the work that you're doing is, is building up to the month of November or are there is there fundraising happening throughout the year and activities happening throughout the year? Um, so at the moment our main fundraising campaign is centred around November. Um, in terms of new business, as we all know in the charity sector it never stops so we're already having conversations for our 2020 partners about bringing them on board um, particularly if we are working with brands who have products they have to they have their own timelines and we have to make sure our branding is with their products are time so those conversations start so there's um, course related marketing yeah exactly yeah exactly um, but then in terms of the, fun, the kind of public fundraising ask that's very contained to November at the moment um, you know, potentially I think that could change in the future and we see more people just naturally doing things. Um, so we had a lot of people doing their own Facebook birthday fundraisers outside of November. Um, we've had people who have done events outside of November within their company just because they want to support us in that way. Um, but at the moment it's not a direct ask that comes from us. Um, but the work we fund is all year round, so the money comes in in November, but then the project and the research is happening all year round as well. What can the small charities learn from the success of Movember? Obviously, Movember's now, I mean, it would have started out as a small charity, and from what you said, yeah, it started out as three friends, you know, as yeah. small as it gets, isn't it? But now it's a big, large, multinational organisation, and so, uh, but then, are there some learnings there, do you think, for small charities working today, trying to grapple with funding and all sorts of other yeah. challenges? I think there's, there's two things, I would say. So, the first in that, as you said, it, November started very small, um, but it started much more as a, a grant-giving organisation, I'd say. So it was people who were who were passionate about something, but were looking for where their money needs to go most. And I, I think that was really great as a small organisation to help them identify areas that were kind of lacking and the funding gaps that were happening, in particularly in men's health at, at the time. So I think that's a good learning. In terms of how we work now, whilst we are big and global, we are still very community focused. So um, this year, so we have different um, ambassadors that represent us. So we have an ambassador program um, that's split into different sectors. So we have community ambassadors, sports ambassadors, university ambassadors, and workplace ambassadors. And this year, um, across the whole program, we have um, just under 100 of these men um, across across the country representing Movember, really being our voice in the community um, or on campus at university or um, at their local sports club. And so these men are generally people who have had um, a relationship with the cause. They may know someone that's had um, either prostate cancer, testicular cancer or been through a mental health problem or they themselves may um, have, have had one of these problems themselves. So um, they're really our voices on the ground. 
and what they do for us is they allow us to be really community focused so I'd advise any small charity particularly when budgets are tight and you can't be everywhere at once to have a, a core ambassador program and, and what we do for them to, to help them feel part of something is we have a training day for each group um, at the office so that's um, either a one day or two day training session depending on what type of ambassador it's a chance for them all to get to meet each other um, but also learn about November, what we do, how to speak about us in public, um, and then we also set them up on a WhatsApp group afterwards. That's um, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so my workplace ambassadors, if they want to, they don't have to be obviously, but we asked anyone at the end who wanted to be to be on the WhatsApp group. So I I say that I'm not gonna respond to anything on that. If they need me, they get in touch with me, okay. but I'm just there to kind of moderate and because I know sure. from using WhatsApp personally that yeah. that can take all your life. Exactly. So I, I have it on mute and I just right. know they're there, but they know that and they know that that's sure. the, the case. Um, and I know that um, my colleague who looks after the community ambassadors, it's similar with her. And then um, for the university ambassadors, I think theirs is more based on social media, so they have a, a Facebook group. But it's so we bring them together so they know they're part of something, but then they they kind of keep together and they keep having those conversations and we actually find it's really nice and people meet up now without us even having to facilitate so I think that's something that all charities could learn and like I said if you're a small charity with tight budgets having that having that association as well and, and these ambassadors they're out there is it their role is to kind of bang the drum and, and go and talk to groups and, and collect checks in some cases and all those kind of community things which you know you, you'd spend your entire job going out from here from London to all around the country yeah. if you had to do it so yeah predominantly it's, it's, a, yeah, yeah, it's about they, they, so they deliver health talks they might be on a stand for us or something like that um, but as well it's about them tapping into their communities and, and their connections um, again as a fundraiser you can't be Every, everywhere all the time and talking to everyone so for example the sports ambassadors was a new one that we've done this year um, and so it's because obviously there's a lot of men who play sport and it's tapping into those clubs and having representation there and and similarly with the, um, the student ambassadors um, you know we're, we're all old now we, we don't we don't appeal to the students anymore so it's about them having that peer-to-peer model of they can then recruit other students to be part of Movember and fundraise rather than it being heavily reliant on someone who doesn't know enough about student culture isn't on board with all the trends but has someone on the ground kind of engaging with that audience in a way that we couldn't how do you go about finding these people to operate as ambassadors for your cause is it kind of word of mouth is it is it kind of setting it up and then those ambassadors find recruit other ambassadors how does it work and, and are there things that smaller charities in different um, areas of uh, work could maybe learn from your approach? It is slightly different for each area. Um, so for our community ambassadors, that is predominantly um, people that we've either identified from a previous campaign. So um, when someone signs up um, to fundraise, we we don't use um, Just Giving or any external platforms. We host all of our fundraising pages 
on, on our own site um, and on there there's a tick box where you can be a, a spokesmo it's called and that's that you can you're willing for the press team to get in touch and, and be able to share your story with us so that's one way of identifying so um, the community ambassador manager will look through all of those and see if there's anyone that we can recruit for the following year um, and we keep an eye on you know people who are really kind of talkative or really kind of active on on their remote space as well and, and look there um, for the student ambassadors it it started as that way but now that is our biggest program at the moment um, and so the manager who looks after those she's now trying to ensure that there's a kind of pass the baton element so that when one student leaves the university they're passing the baton on to someone else at university who then becomes the student ambassador a bit like how societies work at universities as it as it is already so I think that that model works well there because it's something that students are familiar with already and, and they're seeing good success in that and so, some universities operate this big brother big sister partnerships uh, yes. like between yeah. years I think so maybe I don't know some time ago I was at university I think they still do that <laughs> no I think so, they do I have heard that yeah too. <laughs> that's really good and uh, in terms of the work that you're doing with companies is there, is there a, you seeing a difference in how you work with companies at November than what you've done previously? Is there a, because the brand recognition is so it's so well known, isn't it? I would have thought. Yeah. I'm assuming that. Is that yeah. The case? Yeah, so. yeah. I think the, the main difference in talking about those commercial partnerships that I that I mentioned at the start is that it's the the people within the organisation I'm working with. I'm not working on that side of things as much with the CSR or HR teams within companies it is much more with the brand and marketing teams that I work so that's very different um, and also the way I think the way people kind of view Movember is not everyone views it as a charity so when we're getting new business that's quite a, a challenge that we have to overcome a lot of people see it as just a kind of campaign um, as a movement rather than a, a charity that's, that's funding um, biomedical research and also programs in mental health so that's one of the barriers we have to overcome um, but yeah I think the main difference is like I said the, the teams I'm working with but also I think within that then again within those companies there are so many men that want to get involved and creating fundraising products and ideas that appeal to that audience um, rather than kind of having it all broad it's really thinking about how we can engage with men and not just get them to fundraise but um, how we get them to kind of think about their own health as well and I think a lot of what we do at November probably because a lot of the people who are fundraising could potentially have any of these problems in their lifetime or know someone who has one um, it's a lot about raising awareness and getting people more kind of savvy on their own health as well as getting them to raise money as well So you've been there a year in November. How do you see it evolving in time? Is there, is there an idea of how it will move in terms of is there ten year strategies, twenty year yeah. strategies, things like that, or do you have your own view on how you might how it might evolve? 
So at the moment, so um, we talked about, you know, the main way that people fundraise is to grow. However, over the last few years, we have diversified that ask. So people can also um, move for Movember and they can also host. Um, so hope we call it host the moment. Nice. Is the official never far away from a pun? Yeah, never far away from a pun and move from November, nice. so it all works nicely. Um, but yeah, uh, our main move ask is um, we uh, we set people to do a, a 60 kilometre challenge over the month of uh, month of November, and so people can do that however they like, you know, uh, walking, swimming, running 60 kilometres over the month, um, and that 60 represents um, the number of men that we unfortunately lose to suicide. Um, every hour across the world wow. yeah okay. so so that's where that idea comes from and in the UK we also have a series of um, mo runs that we run on the weekends across November so they're five and ten day runs where everyone gets a lovely 118 sweatband um, and a medal and it's a really it's a really fun event for everyone um, but um, the idea behind that move is firstly a lot of men don't want to grow um, but also it's a way to get women involved and uh, women to fundraise from November as well so women take on those challenges too um, and then host is we we position it as you know it's doing your own thing doing your event so the most popular ones for us are um, pub quizzes and we have a quiz online that we provide to people um, the latest another pun is host a roast um, so uh, in as it's you know you buckle down to November it's quite cold getting your mates around on a Sunday cooking them a roast dinner and getting some donations that's made me feel hungry yeah and then we um, we have some ideas that are much more catered towards women um, so we have what we call, um, and it's been really popular in our own office. It's called a swishing event, and it's. I've heard, heard of this. I think so. Yeah. Remind me, is this kind of swapping clothes? Or yeah, something exactly. Like okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, men can do it too, but we found that the men don't like doing it. So it's been the women in the office that do it. But yeah, it's, it's instead of you know throwing your clothes away or maybe taking them to a charity shop, which is also very good, obviously. Yeah. You bring them into the office. And then if you've bought clothes, you can donate and you can look around and take some clothes yourself. So then you, a couple of days later, you see someone in your shirt that you bought in, but it's nice because it didn't suit you and you know it's gone to a good home and you've made some money along the way as well. Nice. So, yeah. so I think that's where we've kind of developed in terms of, you know, making sure that people can support Movember from any, any walk of life. And um, whilst we are a men's health charity, you know, women, every woman knows a man in her life. So she can fundraise for those men in her life, but she can also learn about um, what a man needs to do. So the key things, we, we call it know your numbers. Um, so it's, you know, if you're a man and you're 50, you should start talking to your doctor about having a prostate um, exam. Um, if, you're, um, of, um, if you're of African or Caribbean descent, or you um, have a family member that's had prostate cancer, you should start having that conversation at 45. So these are messages that we're telling to men, but we also want women to know it so they can encourage their men in their lives when they hit these ages to start having these conversations too. So that's that area. And then in terms of kind of how we've developed, um, and I've spoke about it a bit in terms of the programme side, so it did start off as, as prostate cancer, um, and then because that is a cancer that predominantly it's older men. Um, the team looked at which cancers um, were affecting younger men, and that was testicular cancer, so that happened. And at the time, it was predominantly research that was being funded. Um, but then subsequently, they found, and I did mention this briefly before, um, that 
that men who have the treatment on their, like I said, in the NHS or whatever their kind of health body in their country is, um, the aftercare isn't there, particularly from a psychological perspective. And if you think, you know, testicular cancer is the most common cancer in men, um, and in the UK it's predominantly under 40. So if you're a man who's 27, you go, you have the most common way to treat testicular cancer is to have the testicle removed, um, and you're left with one ball, as it were, and you'll, you feel that your life is over. It, it's not, but you... are very self-conscious you, yeah, as a exactly, man Yeah, very self-conscious as a young man, and there's lots of other things going on for you. So we have um, created programmes to, to help that, and they're programmes that we are currently kind of working on more and more and improving to kind of give that psychological and well-being support um, to the men who've had a, a cancer diagnosis as well. It sounds like Movem is a very caring organisation. It's kind of mental health and, and staff care and looking after the kind of the culture at Movem. Is that mindful of, of the things that you're doing as well? If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it is. I think um, I think there's definitely a concerted effort by senior management to, to recognise that and and to see where improvements can and, and should be made as well. Um, so. You know, we were lucky that a group of us um, had the chance to become mental first health first aid trainers. So a group of us in the office all went and two-day course, you know, all in the company, and it was really good for us not just to learn kind of within our own organisation what to look out for, but for framing conversations that we may then have outside with um, people that we're working with too. So you've talked about mental health as, as one of the aspects of the uh, the work, the November fund. And can you talk a little bit more about what that looks like and and you know the kind of the, the parts to that? It's quite a broad topic. It's something that we talk about a lot now in society, isn't it? Mental health. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I think at November, what they've realised with the mental health side of things is unlike biomedical research, where you could bring researchers together from across the world they can come together and they can um, look into different elements of cancer treatment and diagnosis and that can be very global. With our mental health programmes and provision, we think that needs to be a lot more local. We need to figure out what, what works on a local level. Um, so a couple of years ago, we had what we called a social innovators challenge. And what this was, it was um, local organisations could come to us um, and request funding um, for projects that are helping men with their mental health and wellbeing. Um, and in the UK, there were a, a few that got picked. So it was a global fund, but they were all picked in, in our different key locations. Um, so in the UK, some of the ones that got picked was, um, so there's a programme called Changing Rooms, which is up in Scotland. And that is the idea of it's men who love football and bringing them together around their love of football, but then allowing them to kind of create friendships and create bonds and open up and support well. networks. Exactly, yes. support yeah. networks, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have one called um, Brothers Through Boxing, um, which is based in Peterborough. And this is for um, 
this is for young men who may have trouble um, socialising and, and may not be getting out as much as potentially they could be. Um, but the idea is to give them an outlet that isn't necessarily talking. So they start with the boxing, they can let out any you know any frustrations that all teenagers kind of have, um, and then and then the staff there are then trained to then kind of allow them to open up once they've kind of had that physical opening up. They can then open up emotionally as well. And the last one I'm talk about, which is my absolute favourite, is the Pie Club in Newcastle. Pie Club. Pie Club. Okay. Yeah, and it, it does exactly. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Right. It is a, it's a group, and this is um, aimed at older, socially isolated men. And they come together and they make pies. Um, and then again, the kind of conversations flow. And the, the main um, kind of thinking behind all of these these things is that um, from our research, we found that sometimes men are less comfortable in a kind of traditional counselling session in that kind of face-to-face -face talking and opening up. And, and we talk a lot about shoulder-to-shoulder um, -to -shoulder conversations at November as well. So all these programmes were looking at kind of different ways to try and get men to talk and kind of framing them around different activities and, and how that worked. Um, so they've been some really kind of interesting programmes that have been funded and their um, funding is now coming to the end. So they're all going to be evaluated um, to see which ones will get more funding, but also which ones can potentially be replicated and, and, and where we can take them. And so similarly then on the flip side, that's kind of in UK, but we've had um, a programme that started um, um, Down Under, which is called Ahead of the Game. And um, what this was, it was, um, this is for younger men and um, young um, boys as well. And it's for men, sorry, I should say boys who are already in sports teams and, and getting to think about their own kind of mental resilience and, and what that looks like and providing them with the, the tools and, and the training to the staff for how how to deal with that and also um, there's also assets for um, the parents as well to learn about that and that's all great success and we're really excited that we'll be um, piloting that in the, um, the UK um, with the Harlequins um, Foundation and the rugby team and that's coming um, at the end of this year so I think what I'm trying to say I guess is the way November works is even though we are quite big and global what we can do is we can see what works in one area and see if we can scale it up and relearn and kind of bring that to a local level somewhere else. Is it that you would see a project or a small group or charity that project that you would fund, would you then look to replicate that yourselves or would you then look for partners to turn it on or is it, does it vary? Is it no, it's predominantly with third parties with that we do that, yeah. I yeah. guess in, in working in partnership with other organisations you're then, again, you're not reinventing the wheel and you're um, probably reaching more people. Yeah. yeah. Rachel Conroy, thank you for contributing to Charity Chat. No, thank you for having me. It's been a really good end to the week, definitely. So there you go, dear listener. Big thank you there to Rachel Conroy. We really appreciate your time, Rachel, especially given that it was such a busy time for you. When we recorded this, it was the week preceding the big Movember campaign, the November Movember campaign, and uh, Rachel kindly gave us some of her time, uh, which we were really appreciative of, and we hope that we'll have Rachel back again to find out more about Movember, how the campaign went this year, and how the funds raised will be supporting men around the country with various health issues um, moving forward. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed the show, ladies and gentlemen, and it was a, it was a 
fascinating insight into a very well-known campaign. I thought specifically that uh, WhatsApp, the use of WhatsApp to keep in touch with the volunteers and, uh, and getting them to speak with one another to create support groups for volunteering and, uh, and uh, engaging fundraising around the country was really, really fascinating. And that might be something that I try and take on in my day-to-day work. Uh, we found out about Pie Club, a variety of other initiatives to get men to open up about health. And I thought that was a really fascinating, interesting uh, area that, uh, that Movember are going into. So really, really well done. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, dear listener. Without you, we just wouldn't have a reason to keep on going with this. And uh, we've been getting lots of great feedback through our social media channels and indeed through the reviews that we've now had on the Apple Podcasts app. So if you're willing to do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Do give us as many stars as you feel we deserve and uh, maybe write a little bit about why you're voting for us as a some uh, kind of podcast that people listen to. So yeah, that's it from us. Uh, just to thank our corporate sponsors keep us going as well giant squid audio lab for sponsoring our podcast kit magda axmit for the beautiful website design check it out charitychat.org.uk and do get in touch with us through that website if you are so inclined uh, also rr yard photography for the lovely pro bono images on that website and uh, of course forest of fools who are playing us out now play- playing throughout the show as well thanks ever so much speak to you soon cheerio bye bye